I'd like to read to you this morning as we continue our mountain series. We are looking at Mount Carmel and uh, we're looking at Elijah, but I'd like to read the whole section. So I'm going to read so from 16 to 40, but I'd like to read it to you because you'd understand where, what, what we're talking about, about Mount Carmel and what's happening on Mount Carmel. And so I'm going to read from 1 Kings 18. Starting at verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of uh, Ezra uh, who eat at uh, Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long Will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said, nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let let the Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set, it, set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah then said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull that was given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till night, till noon. Baal answered us. Baal answer us, they shouted. But there was no response to, uh, no one answered, and they danced around the altar uh, they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder, slashed themselves with swords and spears, as uh, was their custom until the blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one said, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the uh, of the the tribes descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying your name shall be Israel with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he dug a trench around the large 
enough to hold two, two, sheets, two seeds of seed. And he arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, and this is quite important, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abram, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned upon the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them and Elijah had them brought down to Kesham Valley and slaughtered them there. So it's a, it's a bit of a graphic thing. Hey? It's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a nice passage, but it's an amazing passage. Because this passage that happened on Mount Carmel, it talks about a miracle that took place. A miracle that, uh, that Elijah had asked for a miracle that, that nobody expected. Because see, Elijah was outnumbered. He was one, and there were 450 other prophets. One against 450. Oh my goodness. Outnumbered completely, completely. But I'd like to tell you a story before we start. There was a, there was a guy whose name was George. George Drake. Where's George? <laughs> uh, and he was going to bed when his wife Carol told him that uh, he'd left the light on in the shed. George started out to the shed, but saw some men in the process of stealing things. He immediately phoned the police, who asked, Is someone in your house? And George said, No. Then they explained that all patrols were busy and that he could simply lock his door and an officer would be there when available. George said, okay, and he hung up, counted to 30 and phoned the police again. Hello, I've just called you a few seconds ago because there were people in my shed. Well, you don't have to worry about them uh, now, because I've just shot them dead. <laughs> then he hung up. Within a few minutes, three police cars arrived and an ambulance. Of course, the police caught the burglars red-handed. One of the policemen said to George, I thought you said that you'd shot them. To which George replied, I thought you said there was nobody available. It might be God is trying to get our attention too, wanting to know 
if we are available. The story about Elijah reminds me of people that sit on the fence. Any of us ever sat on the fence? Uh, making, uh, wanting, uh, not knowing um, what, who to vote for maybe. I don't know. We're not talking politics today. But um, who to vote for, what is right and what is wrong. Okay, what is ethically correct and not. What is, um, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. It's like sitting on the fence and not taking a stand, and rather let's see what happens. I think I've done that numerous times in my life. Numerous times where, sure, do I follow? I remember a time in my life where I'd lost everything, and I, I had nothing. Where to now? What to now? How can I turn to God when I have Nothing. Have you been there? When you've lost everything, how do I turn to God when you've lost everything? Elijah, I love Elijah because he has this guy who is who is like he's, he's, he's totally on his own. But he's he knows one thing. He knows God. He knows that God loves him. He knows that God will do anything for him. He knows that God will protect him and guide him and push him to where he needs to go. It's Elijah. And he must have received this wisdom from God. Because there's no way that he could go up that mountain, speak and say to those prophets, let's see your God. But he's doing this for a reason. He's doing this so that he can get the Israeli people back to believe in God. He's getting us to come back to God. To take a stand. And what does he do? He says, he says to those prophets, Okay, I'm going to give us, get, bring two bulls. I'll take the one bull, you take the other bull. But you go first, because there's so many of you, 450 of you, okay? And you need to, you need to work together and do your thing. And then what I'd want you to do is ask your God to bring fire. <laughs> and I can just imagine these guys. Can you imagine it? I can see it. I can literally see it. These guys come, 450 of them. There's not enough space to walk around, but they are dancing. And they are, they are moving. And they, they, they're doing their thing in order to get their God of Baal to rain down fire and light that offering. And I can just picture it in my mind. I can picture it. And I, I wonder... How often we ask the world for help instead of asking God? How often do we uh, approach the world or, or in the world to help us to get through something? I often do that and often it fails. Uh, often it fails because... 
The world cannot help me. The world cannot help me when, when my heart is broken. The world cannot help me when my mind is so torn between right and wrong. The world cannot help me where only God can help me. And so Elijah tells him, I think your God might be sleeping. <laughs> he says, I think your God might be sleeping, or maybe your God is traveling, or maybe your God uh, needs to, uh, you, maybe you need to shout a bit louder so that your God can hear your call. And nothing happens. And Elijah calls those people closer. And he builds up this altar again. It's almost like a revival. He builds those, 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 those stones again. He brings all the people of Israel together. And then he builds this, this the, the, like a, a channel around the altar. And he cuts up the bull. He puts it on the wood. And he prays this prayer. Short prayer. And he prays, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, show us today that you are the real God of Israel and that all I have done is obey you. Answer me, Lord, so that these people can believe in you once again. Simple prayer. What does God do? He listens. God listens and he sends down that fire. And that fire, it, 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 it ignites the offering. It ignites the wood. It ignites the stone. It ignites all the dust around it. It evaporates all, all the, the water. Amazing thing. Who likes brying? Huh? Any of you like brying? Any of you bride with wet wood? What's <laughs> no Yeah. no But when you bry with wet wood, what happens? You can't bry. <laughs> it's just give in because it's going to take you longer. You're going to have smoke. You're going to have all this stuff. It stinks. And Elijah, he says to these, the, the people standing around there, he's got these four containers full of water, and he says to them, okay, bring the water and chuck it on there. Chuck it on the, on, this, on the wood and on the offering. Because there's a drought in Israel at the moment. There was a drought in, Israel, in that place at the moment. For three years they had drought. And he says to him, well, take the little water you have and throw it in. Not once. Not twice, three times. It's soaking. It's not full of petrol. It's full of water. And then he prays to God. And it's only God that can, you, uh, that can ignite that. It is only God that brings down that fire and burns it all. And what happens? The people around there go down on their knees. They go down on their knees and they start worshipping God. Huh. So often, we don't take a side. So often, we don't let people know that we are actually Christ followers. Not everybody. 
But sometimes you get into a position where you're actually supposed to tell people, you know what, my God is a strong God. My God is a forgiving God. My God is a God who knows everything and He knows me. And He knows you. Imagine what this world would be like if we loved more. If we forgave more. If we helped a little bit more. If we stood up and said, I'm a Christian. There's other groups that's going around and they're doing a lot of good. And people say, you mustn't say what your left hand, uh, you mustn't tell people what your, left hand, what, your right hand, what your left hand is doing. Your right hand shouldn't know what your left hand is doing. But I think we need, to, I know Jesus says that, but I think he also, he also says that, sure, when we, when we unite and we together, we can do so much more. And Elijah on that mountain, he sees the people are struggling because they can't make a choice between Baal and between God. Have you made a choice today? World or God? It's an easy choice. World or God? Make a choice. The problem is that you can't have both. You can't have a little bit of Baal and a little bit of God. You can only have one or the other. We need to stop sitting on the fence. We need to be able to get off that fence so that we can help each other, that we can help those people that are in need, those people that are sick, those people that are lonely, those people that look different, to you and me. People say we don't do enough. There's a war going on in Ukraine and in Russia. We need to pray for them because there's nothing we can do. But if we stand together and we pray together, maybe things will change. Maybe in the schools. You know where, where there's no more... Um, where they don't teach, uh, teach Christianity or where... I don't know if you saw the newspapers this week. It was terrible with the things that are happening at the schools. Kids that are 10 years old are having sex. I mean, it's, dis- it's, not, it's disgusting. It's terrible. It's frightening. What is our life coming to? Our world. What can we do about it? Well, maybe we can love... Maybe we can forgive. Maybe we can just encourage somebody. Maybe we can actually stand up and say, you know what, I'm a Christian. And this is what I can do. I know it's so hard. It's hard because it's sometimes difficult to do that. But maybe we should just do what God asks us to do. All the Israelis, after they saw what God could do, started praising and worshipping God on that mountain. Where's your mountain? What do you have to do today to be closer to God? Let us pray. Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you for Elijah, Lord. Thank you that you knew him, that you brought him into the presence, and that he was able to to do what was right, Lord, that he called all the Israelites together. 
that they, when they saw what you were able to do, that they had fallen onto their, onto their face and that they had started worshipping you. And we pray today, Lord, because we know, Lord, that, that there are people here today that, that want to do that. We pray for a revival in our church, Lord. We pray that we can continue to stand out, to be counted, to be able to, to hold each other accountable, but also to ask for your guidance, Lord. Because you hear all prayers. Today, Lord, we pray for Russia and Ukraine, Lord. We pray that peace will abide. We pray, Lord, that us as Christians can stand together and be counted. We pray for our, for our country, Lord. We pray for our schools. We pray for our hospitals. We pray for our churches, Lord. That we will actually not just be in church, but we will be in your church of this world to make a difference, to stand out, to be accounted, to show love and mercy, just like you did for us, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we can get off the fence, that we can take a side. So be with us now, Lord, we pray. As we go into this week, as we think of those that are lonely and depressed, as we think of those that are sick, as we think of those that need a plate of food, we think of those that just need a raincoat, Lord. We think of those that just might need a hug. We think of those that just might need an ear to hear. We think of those that might just need a word of forgiveness or encouragement. And so be with us throughout this week, we pray, to be able to stand out and be counted, to make a choice. Amen.